Turok 2, Port of Adia. Uh, so wow. it's come to this. Port, I know. <laughs> so for what it's worth, uh, hi, I'm your host, Brett Elston. VG Empire is a week, uh, bi-weekly-ish look at uh, game music, classic, 8-bit and beyond. Mm. Uh, VGEmpire.com, VG Empire on Twitter. Brett again with two guests. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't have a clever name. Chris Antista. Yes. Dave Rudden, Dinosaur Hunter. Oh, oh there you go. It was the low-hanging fruit, Chris. <laughs> uh, I was trying for something better. I, well, just because uh, I put up a video that nobody watched. Mm-hmm. On our YouTube channel about oh, so like um, comic book games based on non superheroes. Ah, yes, and very. And what fascinates me about Turok is it ended up, def- in a weird way, sort of defining what kind of game you could make in the 3D era, especially after it went multi-platform. And it, it, when I worked at PC Gamer, it had a ton of pleasant memories for PC gamers. Yeah, uh, the Turok weird. series. Like because I, w- I thought it was pretty garbage, like almost almost immediately after the first mm. or second one. So yeah, mm. it does kind of take a weird turn after mm. the first. 
two, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll explore as we go yeah. through this episode. For what it's worth, uh, Turok is about to turn 20 years old, the first N64 game released in February and The point I wanted to make in that video, that it is a comic character that dates back to Gold Key Comics, ah, yeah, like the, one of the oldest comic lines ever. Turok, mm-hmm. if you played it, you may not realize if you're not playing a Mickey Mouse or Felix game, this is like the oldest license of anything you've ever played, yeah. how, and how novel! Yeah, how not how novel an yeah. idea to bring into a video game. So this man like, has the power to, to kill dinosaurs. Yeah. but he's not a superhero. Not a superhero. I don't yeah, think. I don't. Use conventional they've means, got. I, uh, I mean, they play on Native American mm-hmm. like mists, you know, ah. like powers and drawing power from the earth. But Turok as a comic was like. There's this lost land. It's basically mm-hmm. think of the Savage Land from X Men. It's, it's already there with you. Yeah, it's like this time, this area without time, and dinosaurs and aliens and robots and uh, all this stuff kind of coexists. And it's just a great way as a comic book in the fifties mm-hmm. to just have this conceit of like, what do, what can I draw? Yeah, I can draw robots. We and can dinosaurs. draw anything. Let's do it. It's like Calvin and Hobbes, where it's like yeah. oh, I'm really good at drawing anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a child's anim- uh, a child's imagination will be our guide, but. It was reimagined in the '90s. I, I think the late, the early '90s, as Turok Dinosaur Hunter, yeah. and that was Valiant Comics, mm-hmm. which was gobbled up and became Acclaim Comics or something yeah. wow. like that. Um, Acclaim bought its own comic label to publish comics based on its games. It was doing so well. It's yeah. still going today. No, no, no. no but but the Turok anymore. comic kind of is like really? it was uh, readopted into either Dark Horse uh. or. Um, Oh, I forget which one, but that it, it might have closed down now. They mm-hmm. might have shuttered, shuttered Turok Comics, but like they did start it again mm-hmm. uh, as of three years ago. Yeah, like I was trying to dig in. You can go to Turok.com and it, it promises you wow. their, the Turok comic website will be back shortly yeah. in its entirety. <laughs> I don't know how long it's been. Hmm. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, there's a whole wiki. That, yeah, Dark mm-hmm. Horse started it again. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Off and on, much like the games. It comes back, it disappears. It comes back, it disappears. It's kind of a timeless idea. It's 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 yeah. something we shouldn't be shocked gets resurrected every yeah, so often. Shooting yeah. dinosaurs yeah. seems like, well, yeah. Um, but so the game began. Oh, so what brought us in was Port of Ardia. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Turok 2 it's the first area of the game and from 1998 mm-hmm. uh, Darren Mitchell's a composer did Turok 1 and 2 Turok Rage Wars yeah. <laughs> did the South Park in 64 game uh, most notably that's South Park's VG Empire yeah I haven't I haven't played Turok but it's just weird to even think of music in the context of Turok because I mean that's that first song it reminded me of in Tomb Raider when you first come across that that T-Rex that starts like yeah like lunging at you and there's no music until that happens. Right. Yeah. But, like, yeah, just picturing, like, wouldn't it be better for a truck to just be out in the uh, the foggy uh, <laughs> outdoors in silence? But I guess it doesn't make some well, sense. Well, I mean, it is trying to get out. Well, I'll get to why I think they went for this sound, mm-hmm. um, because the first game doesn't really sound like this at all. Ah. But Darren Mitchell uh, also worked on Frank Thomas's Big Hurt Baseball. Hey, hey. I played that. Uh, Deadly Creatures on Frank the Wii. Frank Thomas, legendary Disney animator. Mm-hmm. That's a joke nah. like one person's going <laughs> to yeah. love. Uh, worked on Deadly Creatures, the Wii game starring Dennis Hopper and Billy Bob Thornton. Probably brought wow. up more on this network than uh, the entirety of its release schedule. And most notably, mm-hmm. I believe he did the music for the Batman Forever Arcade game. Oh, uh, man, which we did stream. That is versatility that. right there. <laughs> which, based off the sound effects, I have no idea what the music sounded like because yeah. it's a barrage of noise. Yes. Um, but Everybody going Super Saiyan simultaneously <laughs> in a Batman game. I, yeah. Um, but so the games, all, all of them are by Iguana, which later became a part of, like, which later became, like, Acclaim Studios Austin, yeah. I think. Um, but Turok began in 1997, 20 years ago this, this month, February. Mm-hmm. Uh 
as a huge push to legitimize a claim because mm-hmm. they kind of had a pretty dodgy several you know, last couple of years on the Super NES and Genesis. Mm-hmm. Like they just coasting on that Simpsons license. Well, like just a lot of like license stuff, mm-hmm. arcade ports, and like none of it was very good. And they wanted to have this homegrown thing that we've made. We bought a license for a comic. We're gonna make a AAA game that moves units and pushes the party the power of the N64 mm-hmm. and they were also trying to show they worked closely I mean I don't know how closely they worked with Nintendo but mm-hmm. Nintendo definitely got behind yeah, Turok they were one, one of the too. first western developers like yeah. go N64 exclusive to get really on them so yeah. at the time it looked there's a claim did a lot of crazy crazy stuff but it mm-hmm. seemed like they were doing the right thing but really they made their money by being publishers of Midway stuff sure that yeah. is that is that is how they grew to be able to do stuff Mortal like Kombat this. 2 and all yeah that. and NBA Jam yeah. as well um, but they, they. I mean, at a time when, if you think about the N sixty four, at this point in February ninety seven, there's still Dude. really only first party games yeah. like Mario Kart's out, mm-hmm. Mario sixty four, Pilot Wings, mm-hmm. Killer Instinct, Cruising USA, these Star- Shadows of the Empire. These are all first party. Unless you want to play Wayne Gretzky's three D <laughs> hockey, yeah. like I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Can you imagine waiting less than a year I for do, a Mario I, Kart to yeah. get a, get yeah, a Nintendo like platform? Five months. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but. Uh, it did launch successfully and it sold a million copies. The first Turok, 1.5 million, I think. And at the time, it was mostly known for like the really well done animations. Mm-hmm. Like the the enemies like had a lot of movement at a time mm-hmm. when scary looking dinosaurs. Looking at Doom and even Quake and other FPSs, there was still it wasn't totally fluid and sprites on a stick. And <laughs> and even when you think back to Quake, like a lot of the enemies just looked ugly and they're monstrous or whatever. And mm-hmm. like these were just like humans or humanoid mm-hmm. things and dinosaurs coming at you know for a console it was pretty impressive yeah. uh also known at the time it was really hard to wrap your head around this yep. but it actually worked the control scheme yeah. which was the n64 controller had one analog stick mm-hmm. which had made it distinct the playstation mm-hmm. did not launch with dual shock there were no analog sticks mm-hmm. for the plan the playstation until fun- until a- saturn until ape escape <laughs> um which would kicked it off on the on the PlayStation, but it did have the C button, C up, C down, C left, C right, yeah. uh, which is what Leland Palmer says when he's, after his uh, daughter's been killed. Marizy dotes and dozy dotes, little lambsy divey. Are we talking pop songs from the 20s? This is, this yeah. is a perfect venue. It's a Twin Peaks, C up, C down, oh, C yeah. left, C right. It reminded yeah. me of Twin Peaks. Anyway, um, those, I think, uh, they, it tried to mimic a dual stick control scheme with one stick hmm. letting the C buttons act as that other stick yeah. Yeah. so you moved with the C buttons yeah. and then looked around with the stick which at the time no game was really doing tough that. to yeah. understand it was trying to also mimic mouse and keyboard controls mm-hmm. at a time when there weren't two sticks to approximate that so yeah. when you picked up the controller and tried to play it was like what the hell mm-hmm. but once you wrapped your head around it you're like oh this actually gives me a I lot mean, more movement yeah. and, and it, GoldenEye jumped in with the same control scheme almost seamlessly I don't think it was no. quite the same. Well, I, oh, the only thing I remember is because South Park had two different control schemes. One was called like yes. Two Rock, mm-hmm. and the other one was Brown Eye. Brown Eye. Oh! Yes, I get it. Man, skating. You're right. It was yeah. it was a little different, but skating I think I think Do- Goldeneye had less of a problem adapting the players' hands because mm. if they played Turok, they were used to this uh, dual planes of control for yeah. a first yeah. person. Well, game. I mean, Goldeneye was going for different things. As well, yeah. but, but, like, but both of those, like within this year, within yeah. 1997, mm-hmm. they basically legitimized mm-hmm. first-person shooters on consoles, mm-hmm. which is like yeah. no small feat. Because before then, it was like, yeah, you can play Doom or uh, Quake 
on your PlayStation or Saturn, but it's not going to be nearly as good as yeah. the uh, mm-hmm. yeah. PC experience. I mean, neither is N64, but it comes a lot closer. Yeah, and the Turok at least was like, this is not on PlayStation. And this the, is this is very yeah, much an Nintendo Not on PC thing. either. I, I remember, unlike I remember. all those other first-person shooters, which we'd all played, we were all good at, yeah. but Turok had verticality and asked uh, you to yeah. go, to, yeah. like, jumping puzzles to where, like, I need to look down at my feet. Thank God this game allows me to look down at my feet because we yeah. couldn't really wrap our, mm. our brains around jumping in first person. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of platforming. In, I mean, Duke Nukem is where I learned mm. a lot of that stuff because you could get the jetpack and fly around. Mm. You had to learn how to navigate. I think Hexen, maybe Heretic. Mm. but uh, Lost good, time. Good old Hexen. But uh, another thing it was known for was over-the-top weapons. Mm. Um, my favorite being, it says, like, it's a bow and arrow. Mm. And then you shoot the bow, and the giant gusher geyser of blood shoots out of somebody's neck. And they hold their neck and go, ah. oh, and they mm-hmm. die. Again, going back to those animations. But it also, you end up getting, like, literally a thing that shoots a nuclear bomb mm-hmm. out of it and mm-hmm. explodes and has a giant mushroom cloud. And it was known for these crazy weapons. And I know later, I mentioned it because PC Gamer had a vote on favorite first-person weapons. And the cerebral... It's the next, it's the next game, Chris. All right, all right. The next game. All right. Uh, didn't happen yet. Um, but also the thing it was known for is tons of fog. Uh, tons of fog. Um, lots and lots of just haze to keep the frame rate up and the draw distance down, but they go really overboard. Um, and it was really known for that at the time as well, uh, which they seesaw really hard Mm -hmm. in two and three and it from with mixed results. But Mm -hmm. the music is all very, um, atmospheric mm-hmm. more like imagine yourself running through a jungle with a bow and arrow it's it's nothing like what brought us in which i'll talk a little bit more when we get to turok 2 but like not much of it stuck out to me but in the light of it turning 20 years old it seemed like if i was ever going to do a turok episode this is it and the episode i had and the episode i had planned i need grim for <laughs> because he's the only other person who's played the game i wanted to do so i was like what else can i do um, but for what it's worth, that Port of Artie song is literally the, one of my favorite in 64 mm. songs of all time. So that's what brought mm. us in and why I wanted to do the entire episode. But we'll do three songs from Turok 1, same composer, Darren Mitchell. Ancient Ruins, um, which is, again, very ambient tr- ambient tribal tunes just to kind of, like, get you um, hunting. There's drums in the background. It all kind of sounds like Predator, the, the score to Predator okay. to a degree. Not as good as that, but, you know, uh, because down, because wow. because that score is incredible. <laughs> yeah. um, but it gains a little melody, and what's great about this Ancient Ruins song, to put a, to put a uh, try to imagine what little Brett was doing while I was 16, so not too little. <laughs> but there's a percussion sequence in here that just kind of has this melody to it that's like... And at the time... I had a driver's license, and I was going to McDonald's every day yeah. and getting a plain triple cheeseburger, medium fries. Thank you. Gotta get that big <laughs> And I would sit and hum as I'm like, man, when I get done playing Tarak, I'm going to go get a plain triple cheeseburger, medium oh. fries to the tune of this plain triple cheeseburger, medium fries. Wow. <laughs> I want a plain triple cheeseburger. <laughs> and that stuck with me to this day. Big Mac, Camel cigarettes. It doesn't work. It doesn't <laughs> work. It doesn't work. Um, yeah. After that is Treetop Village, which I didn't have any notes for. I can't remember why I put it in here. But <laughs> a lot of, again, the Turk 1 music didn't leap out at me as much, but this is good. It's great in the game. Uh, and I tried to pick three that stood out and would be at least be fun to listen to on Isolation. After that is Ancient City. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of rapid drum beats and all this stuff. Uh, it does start to blur together, but like I said, it, it it's great in the game, and I tried to pick some stuff that would at least be fun to listen to. Um, So again, this is Ancient Ruins, Treetop Village, and Ancient City from Turok Dinosaur Hunter.
Yeah, if one chicken sandwich with no mayonnaise. Chicken <laughs> sandwich, no mayonnaise. Too well beef patty sauce. <laughs> um, but yeah, all three of those when I listen, because each of them are long, like three minutes each. Yeah. Um, that one's four minutes. Ancient Ruins, the first one with the triple cheeseburger jam in there. But uh, yeah, they do. I think this was actually remarked upon in the in the notes of the game. It was a very ambitious project because again, Iguana and Acclaim they didn't really do this kind of thing. So this was mm. like a really big test of everybody's capabilities. And the game got so ambitious, like they had to like. I think it's like compress the music or like do things to the music to get it to fit on this cartridge size yeah. because physical memory was so expensive. Mm-hmm. And in 64 games kind of started at $65, 60 and went up. And a lot of third party games were 70 bucks. You would frequently find games for $80. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a third party game, as good as it even might be, they had to keep that memory down. Otherwise this game would be 80 damn dollars. So, mm-hmm. I'm very surprised a lot of these songs are still three and four minutes long and actually kind of go places. It's not like a one-minute song that loops. They like, It's three minutes, four minutes, and it mm. goes places, adds layers, adds instruments, goes one direction, then loops back around on itself. And it, I don't know. I thought those were... I feel a little better about them uh, than when I was initially putting the show together. When I went, yeah. I was like, oh, God, Turok music. Ugh. And then when I was listening, I'm like, actually, these aren't too bad. Well, they, oh. they don't... I mean, the whole point is to show how it paved the way for... Uh, it stole everything from Donkey Kong. Congo. <laughs> Donkey Conga. Yeah. Well, I don't have it. Donkey Conga isn't the right word, but the the uh, digital. Oh yeah. Digital yeah, yeah. bongas there are in full effect. Yes, uh, they are. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of these are on PC now, and there's PC ah. sound. There's PC soundtracks as well that are very similar. But here's like, it's maybe just better sample. Yeah, I believe uh, Night Dive Studios resurrected it, brought it, remastered it, brought it to Steam, and promised to do the same for the rest of the Turok series. medium price. I'm playing triple cheeseburger, medium price. We are. We're so works. <laughs> But yeah, you get a lot of like uh, like ancient city. Mm-hmm. If I jump ahead a bit, um, it just sounds a little different. But the music is the same. I forget which one had like a random dinosaur roar throughout it, uh, which was like nice little touch. The, yeah, that didn't go overboard with it. That happens which, a lot. Yeah. Like uh, random stuff. I wonder if Lost Jungle has anything in there. So like this is the like I think like the first area you're in or something. Oh, the chain, yeah, like the. Derm, the class of Durmstrang yeah. running into. I guess it's not really a dinosaur, but like one of those. What is it? A conch or whatever? Like with a horn that you blow when you want to start the battle. Uh, Boromir's horn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Vuvuzela. Yeah, could do one of those. That leads us to Turok Two, 1998. About a year and a half after the first game, uh, Darren Mitchell, the composer again, and Acclaim found it had a hit on its hands. Mm. Sold over a million copies. Again, kind of in a way being the only game in town, but. They needed to cement this as a brand. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we have a game that was a pretty good hit, reviewed fairly well, but there were some obvious criticisms about it. So, what can we do? I bet they were, I bet they were delighted. Like, ha- like again, coming yeah. off of like publishing, waiting for Mortal Kombat and Revolution NBA to, to make a game, and then so they could then publish it. Yeah, making one in house. Yeah. Um. So this was pushed real hard in the fall of 1998, uh, the holiday of 98, mm-hmm. a big Christmas shopping season, alongside Rogue Leader. Rogue Squadron mm-hmm. uh, for you know one of the poster games for the N64 RAM expansion pack mm-hmm. that would let the game run in quote high resolution uh, mm-hmm. which is 640 by 480 huh. I think on the to run on a on a 4 by 3 standard def TV was what you know look a resolution that's the lowest PC setting even in 1998 <laughs> but it was it was I don't know I I got, I got the game for Christmas and then played it Christmas morning and was like yeah this is cool but through get you know presents from relatives or you know just oh, I don't know what to get you here's some money through relatives giving and fa- friends of family I went to Toys R Us the next day and I would work there a year later oh god 
The very yeah. the very same Toys R Us and bought the expansion pack, came home, and then played with the expansion pack the rest of the time. And it generally cleaned things up. So they went the entire opposite direction mm. uh, with this game, I feel. They have, like, voiced cutscenes. Uh, uh, this woman, alien person at the beginning is kind of narrating to you, like, what is going on and describing what your mission is. And when so many N64 games are... The Nintendo always had to fight the kitty image. That, and that's what I'm I'm beginning to wonder for myself because I I know I saw commercials for Turok. I'm sh- yeah. And I'm just trying to remember where because I, I don't was it M rated at the time? No, it was definitely M. And yeah. so I can't it's imagine gory. you'd see that on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. You'd see an M rated game advertised, but that might have been the case if not that MTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were definitely trying to go for a listen. I mean, even the score. Mm-hmm. Think back to the first song that brought us in, mm-hmm. that Port of Audia. It's like Port of Ardia. Mm-hmm. Is it Ardia or Audia? But she's got an accent, so audio. It's hard to tell. Like Autex. Um, And it's been so long since I've played it. But uh, I think I have some of the intro here. And they just went... Have charged me with the task of guiding you on your quest to stop the Primogen. So you're after the Primogen. The Primogen seeks to destroy the five energy totems that keep him imprisoned within the wreckage of his light chip. Hey, that sounds like an N64. Uh, uh, quit that Skype call. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little uh, iffy. But uh, at the time, it was like it had all the, f- the, the the sensations of a big game. That was mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of those on the N64 that felt serious and intense. And like outside of GoldenEye, there was there was a big shortage of cool games. Mm-hmm. Like yes, Nintendo published stuff is fun. Mm-hmm. No doubt, Diddy Kong was Diddy Kong Racing was fun. Banjo Kazooie was fun. It's no Ogre 64. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but to have a you're up against PlayStation that has mm. so many incredible mm. franchises all back to back to back to back. Turok was for one and two at least were like this is the cool serious first person shooter. You can that, only get it here. That you can only play here. Mm. And in game cutscenes and the score goes for much more approximation of what you'd hear in game music now: orchestral stuff, strings and pianos, and mm. the feeling of a big room of people playing music to to narrate what you're doing and the actual actions of the game. Are holy crap! I forgot about hmm. the the GB, Game Boy Color version of yeah. two as well. well. I was going to mention that a little later, Sorry. but um, yeah. Uh, Just trying to find that hmm. rating. But like you said, um, well, they're definitely mature. Hmm. But like you said, uh, the Cerebral Bore they they go they knew what they had. Were like, hey, this game kind of has a gimmick, and that's the crazy hmm. weapons and the over the top animations of death. Hmm. So. Here's a weapon that's based kind of on this uh, thing from Phantasm that flies around the room and blows people's heads up or whatever. Oh, yeah. These old movies, uh, they're pretty cool. Phantasm 2 is uh, quite a treat, by the way. Um, they played it at the Alamo Draft House not that long ago. But uh, it shoots a ball, flies across the room, drills into someone's head, squirts goo out of their head, and then explodes their head. And to have that as a weapon in a game, <laughs> like every review <laughs> pointed it out, every person who was playing Turok knew what it was, and to this day, like even when you, when you yeah. started the show, hey guys, the Cerebral Boar, like that's just <laughs> what sticks out. And Enter the Gungeon, you said, has yes. a... Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it plants itself in someone's head and blows them up. Yeah, and it really stuck with people. Mm-hmm. And that became the thing Turok 1 and 2 are really known for, is crazy weapons, and that's the one that really stuck out. But uh, the downside of all this stuff to like make it seem bigger and louder and better. Uh, Even with the expansion pack, they dropped a lot of the fog so you could Mm -hmm. see farther and they Mm -hmm. wanted to make it feel like this big world. But the frame rate is not anywhere near what the first game was. And that's the trade off you always have to make. It's like we could, we can limit the draw distance and have a great frame rate. Or we can let you see everything and the game's just going to kind of chug. And it's it's pretty bizarre if you've ever emulated it on like on an N64 Mm -hmm. emulator, because it, 
the emulators run very well, right. and you it ends up eliminating the fog and running at 60 frames a second. And it's like, I don't, this isn't even the game I play. <laughs> and like when the fog gone, it's like, oh, everything in the background was purple because you were never supposed to see that far. <laughs> uh, it's all just one big purple background. Um, we'll do uh, uh, two songs really quick because um, I'm going to end up playing more than more than three. Because Serac Two is my favorite of the bunch by mm-hmm. a mile. River of Souls, which is the second area in the middle. Of the nine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow, it's the '90s. I didn't go there. Uh, I spent so much time in in the first stage listening to the song that brought us into the show. Like you have to, you know, go around and do these tasks and get these keys, and then go back to the. And it took me a long time to figure out what I was supposed to be doing. And then when I finally beat that stage to that awesome song, I was like, there's no way the next stage can be this cool. There's no way this next song is going to be as good. And this River of Soul song is still pretty good. Um, but I was so pumped up. I, I At the time, I felt a little let down by it. Like, oh, this isn't as cool. But listening to it again, I'm like, no, this is still really cool. And feels like a Warcraft 2 song even, um, which we have an episode about Warcraft uh, episodes. So if you want to check that out. After that is Primogen's Lightship. Uh, which I think is the final area of the game and is suitably grand and big and like sounds like a big final showdown with a universal bad guy. River of Souls and then Primogen's Lightship.
I was saying, uh, I don't know that many, especially in this era of N64 cartridge games yeah. with all those limitations, that try to approximate this level of an orchestra or, yeah. I don't know if that's a French horn or what those big, uh, an oboe? Hmm. I don't know. But like, going for this rich layered sound when a lot of the, even, even Ocarina of Time doesn't kind of go for the same mm-hmm. thing despite it being totally suitable for yeah. that game to go full fantasy mm-hmm. and orchestral. Um, it is commendable that uh, those last two songs both it kind of sound like something that you could hear in like an RPG dungeon, yeah. but they still fit the pace of a shooter. Yeah, it's weird. Huh. They do a good job of uh, seeming oppressive, mm-hmm. but not so fast-paced and yeah. overbearing that like you feel like mm-hmm. that you got to run. You got to go nuts yeah. because it's not a it's not a twitchy shooter mm-hmm. like Doom or anything. You do mm-hmm. have to like. Okay, I, I have objectives to meet, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where this game kind of falls in a weird spot where it's kind of neither nor it's not the like just go find the keys and get out of here doom stuff with tons of enemies that have like one attack and you just kind of mow everybody down and you have you're super nimble and fast um but it's not quite yet we're not yet to that point of call of duty tubes where there's a lot of scripted events and you move through and you have this roller coaster ride it's neither nor and it's like peak in 64 like oh you should probably collect things too while you're here so make sure you get five keys and if you don't you're gonna have to do it again and there's like a lot of weird things where you're like i feel like you're taking cues from rare but you're not integrating them into a shooter quite as well because mm-hmm. Goldeneye is a little bit better about this and it makes sense because you're an agent doing these specific jobs and this is like grab this magic totem to do something but you need like 30 of them you're like mm, if it's magic can i just grab one <laughs> i don't know but we'll do uh <clears throat> three more songs uh, which are notable because this game added a multiplayer mode uh, it is weird when you talk about Turok you never mention multiplayer yeah ever um, which is doubly strange because of where this goes after this batch yeah. of songs <laughs> but uh, a quick, quick is uh, Oblivion's Lair I'm pretty sure that's a multiplayer map um, and then Mantid's Queen which is a boss battle against a giant bug and then the Flesh Mother, which is a huge Whoa. boss that I think is on the back of the box. He just referenced a band that has an unrelated song. Was it Wolf Mother? It was Wolf Mother. Yes. Yes. But you did Woman. Yeah. Is that, wait, they did that song? I don't know. Yeah, mean. Wolf Mother okay. did Woman the... doing the song Wolf Mother. <laughs> which one of these statements is incorrect? <laughs> which is one of the giant bosses I'm pretty sure is on the back of the box that they used to be like, look at the sides of these. Cr-. And it is huge, and it's gross, and it has this huge belly, and like. Again, a technical feat that was like, this is not really like anything else on the platform, and you might play similar games that go for M-rated or T-rated shooting, like Forsaken or whatever. Forsaken. Hexen and Forsaken. You've covered all the bases (laughs) of obscure N64 shooters. Yeah. Um, Or or whatever else. I can't... It's hard to think of things like that. But normally, when you think N64, it's like Nintendo and Buck Pump. Yeah. Like, that's what comes to my mind. But uh, anyway, Oblivion's Lair... Mantid's Queen and the Flesh Mother Turok 2.
dig these because while they while he's still going for this orchestral style, yeah. trying to make it feel like a big, not so video gamey, mm-hmm. it is still super hummable with a clear melody yeah. that gets stuck in your head and you kind of find your head head bobbing yeah. or like what you it, it pulls you into the game, but isn't just background noise that that. Yeah. Like a theatrical store, a score will accentuate or complement the on-screen uh, action of w- whatever the scene is, but try not to get overbearing. Whereas game music is like, it should really stick with you mm-hmm. and do a lot of things. It should make you want to play more. It should make you excited and get your blood moving. But it should also serve a function in the game and not be so totally off the map. And I feel like this really walks a great line of mm-hmm. being hummable or at least gets stuck in your head. No, no, no. Whereas yeah, I did like uh, the middle one. What is it? Blood Mother? <laughs> I, I've already forgotten. Uh, the middle one was Manted's Queen. Oh, uh, well, is... yeah, that one. Uh, the crescendo that comes like there, it, it kind of reaches a crescendo mm-hmm. in the middle of it, which is kind of a, a good thing to have in a boss battle song because it uh, kind of like inspires you. Yeah, 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 to like, just like if you're if you're starting to eat crap, like, hey, <laughs> let me turn this around. The song is like building up in a yeah. way that makes me. Want to fight harder? Yeah, and what I I don't know because it's been so long since I've played this. Uh, I don't remember if this has the dynamic music stuff where like it huh. keeps one sequence going and then when you deal enough damage or the boss changes. Oh, cool. I don't know if it does or not, yeah. but a lot of games started to do that around. Mm-hmm. Well, not a lot, mm-hmm. but some of them like Diddy Kong would racing would change where you were based on the track, hmm. or uh, Mario sixty four did it with Dire Dire Docks depending yeah. on where you were. So like I, you racing cool, you racing bad, you racing bad. <laughs> You racing however you want. You too rocking bad. Um, which so this multiplayer mode, uh, I guess they felt so strong about this that come 1999, uh, barely a year later, I think if you just go by calendar, it's not even a full calendar year. Mm-hmm. Is Turok Jeez. Rage Wars, and that's when it went full multi-platform, right? Uh, no, this is still. I think it's still only in 64. Really? Um, it, well, in 64, maybe PC later. I don't remember. Yeah, it's still in 64, but okay. um. But yeah, this is uh, 1999 and entirely multiplayer, four-player split-screen, offline only, couch only, wow. multiplayer game that doesn't even run at like 60. It's just like so, it was such a weird departure when it's like you had a great game with Turok 1, you followed up mm. pretty well with Turok 2, like got good reviews and sold well and like you pushed a technical boundary, you showed... Third parties are making a huge effort. Look at this. Like, look what can be done if you guys put in the time and effort and you're rewarded with sales and accolades. Not to be confused with Bubsy Publisher, accolade. Um, and they followed up with Rage Wars, which is like, hey, we made this multiplayer mode. Here's like 40 maps and a bunch of unlockable characters and you can play this single player, multiplayer, bot-filled thing mm-hmm. to unlock stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember renting it and friends and I played it for like a few weeks and we're like, yeah, but... Eh. It was. It's about, not. It's we not weren't great. ready. Yeah, about a dozen years too early. Yeah, we like, weren't now, ready. Yeah, now you can have a multiplayer only shooter. I can't imagine game. it wouldn't be have multiplayer as a primary component. Component, yeah. and I got confused here because Turok Three is the next game, and this is just basically saying this is not a numbered yeah. entry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't and, even a. I don't even know if this fits in with any mm-hmm. kind of canon. I, one, two, and three are very yeah. connected, but Rage Wars was just this kind of like apropos of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reeked of like. Uh, we need a game out for the holiday season, 1999, and we don't have it, and number three is not ready, Again. so we already have the guts of a multiplayer game, so here's some really lame-looking mm. third-party, you know, yeah. uh, enemy types Again. you can play as and whatever, and 
I think you could do a thing where you would save your profile to your controller pack. Mm-hmm. So, like, if anybody had the game, mm. you could bring your character over uh. and have some kind of progress. Again, too, might, early, too early. I might but be pulling it out of my ass. I knew very few people with controller packs, but it had that option for a mm. lot of things, and nobody used it. Yeah. Though, I mean, if you wanted to save a game with a third-party game, you yeah. had to have one. Yeah. Though, I do remember just, you know, from my Funko Land GameStop days, like, th- this game was in, like, it was being traded in almost as much as Turok 1 and 2. Not quite as much, but still a decent amount. And I imagine that it's just like, at you know, in a college dorm room, the single player only goes so far. It's yeah. like the multiplayer is what you're going to keep putting in. And, like, you know, if you're in college at this point, like, yeah, why wouldn't you get a, a, a multiplayer-only yeah. Turok? And we were in college, yeah. and we would just fart around and play. Mm-hmm. But it was like... That four-player split screen, it gets kind of yeah. muddy and confusing, and it's too easy to look at someone else's screen. Even yeah. if you're not intending to, it's like, mm-hmm. I can't help. Like, you, your eyes just wander, yeah. and you're like, uh, I'm not trying to get a tactical advantage, but like, mm-hmm. it's like, if we're all sitting around four people, we're playing Mario Kart. Like, yeah. let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> like, we're not going to fart around with a Turok game and learn a whole new game when we have Bomberman 64 yeah. and Mario Kart 64 sitting right there. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get motivated. But, uh, like you said, Chris, there were Game Boy Color versions oh, of yeah. two... All of them. It two, says. Th- two, three. I don't think the first it one had they, one. It says Game Boy. Yeah. Or yeah. A game... nice black and white, non-first <laughs> well, person. Well, it worked on both. Um. Uh, it's the 2D side-scrollers. Um, and Turok 2, Rage Wars, and 3 all had game that are all C64-style, chiptune pretty oh. good music, to be honest. And to me, I'm like, that's a whole other show. <laughs> so this is just... Did this any is... of them use that uh, Pokemon? I mean, it's mostly for Pokemon, but the transfer pack... Transfer cart? No, I don't no. think so. Nah. I don't think they did. Yeah. I think that was very much stadium <clears throat> yeah. thing. But a uh, couple songs from uh, Rage Wars. Again, I played so little of this, and I even looked around like, are there fans of this that hmm. found music good? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> so here's some songs called Rage, and it's a title screen that uh, it's a sign of the music that's it's neither pounding nor ambient. Uh, it's somewhere in between, which is kind of this game in a nutshell. <laughs> it's a multiplayer shooter that's offline. <laughs> So you're like, wow. Um, but just to throw in the title screen, because if anyone played this, you might remember this song. Uh, and then Wicked Dance, um, which is kind of a, a mix between the, the approaches of Turok 1 and 2. It has the strings and some of the bombast mm-hmm. of Turok 2, but it has a warmth to it that feels closer to that, you know, jungle ex- exploration, fighting dinosaurs, fighting beasts feel. Um, but yeah, this is Rage and Wicked Dance from Turok Rage Wars.
So yeah, neither like Doom or Quake style. Like, get in there and kill. Mm. It's just kind of like, yeah, I could walk around mm. patiently to this. And, yeah. Uh, but somewhere in between one and two, and it's you know it shouldn't feel quite as epic as Turok Two because that's not what it's going for. Mm. I'm just surprised there isn't like. I couldn't find any songs that were like Doom style. Like, yeah, get in there for mm-hmm. people and just tear it up. Like, I I, I couldn't find a, like one that was super driving. Um, you can go to VGEmpire dot com and leave mm-hmm. a comment. Uh, if, if somehow Please. this was your game in nineteen ninety nine, eight years we'll do a follow up episode. Oh yeah, believe me. Uh, and after that is Turok three, mm-hmm. Shadow of Oblivion in two thousand. Uh, composer changed to Nelson Everhart. Um, they added two playable characters. You have upgradable weapons. It's a direct sequel to two, um, which at the end teases this big bad guy called Oblivion. Uh, when the Prime Engine died at the end of two, who's like this, I don't know, it, it shatters the universe or something. And because the lost land where Turok is, uh, it's out of time. So the Oblivion thing is going to try to like find a way back into existence through this place that was kind of sheltered from the universe exploding. Don't really know or remember that much about the Turok story. I don't think it's that important. Mm. Uh, the games were just fun as it was. It was, a good, but again, it was nice that they, in 98, 99, 2000, I was a little bit more invested, mm. but 15, 20 years removed, I'm like, yeah, I don't remember what happened to Turok. <laughs> like, at the time, I kind of cared I st- about... I still don't. About the, the Primogen and Oblivion, I kind of cared, but at the time, but now not so much. But I think you could also save at any point. Mm-hmm. And this is the only Turok of the mm. N64 era that I never played. I mm. never turned, like, because I like two, but rented Rage Wars. And when three came out in 2000. It's kind of too late. It's yeah. a bit yeah. late. Um, but, uh, again, the ability to save any time to, like, not get really deep into a stage or a level, trying to get a bunch of tasks done and then die. That was and a it's huge like, bragging right for PC players, the mm. quick save. Yeah. Mm. And to be able to do that here is like, thank you. Yeah. Like, that's a very modern thing especially in 2000 on n64 um but three songs from turok 3 uh i had to again look around for what of the people that are discussing the turok soundtracks uh <laughs> what songs kind of stuck out and up first is the diatonic music attack um Whoa. and that is the music name. terminology i will not be explaining because <laughs> i would have to read it verbatim off a of wiki and that would help none of you <laughs> nor me because i wouldn't know what i was reading um but i appreciate that the song was called that um uh, but it's good, and it's so far off from anything else that's in the rest of the game. And some of these soundtracks ended up on Steam, and I found some folks nice. uh, that uh, uploaded a lot of these soundtracks and kind of you know put some notes in there, and, and uh, so that was helpful because a lot of this stuff was really lost to time. But after that, uh, Music Attack is Siege Mentality, uh, which has good piano and string approximation, which is you're still going to be able to tell it's an N64 game because they're going to sound compressed as hell, mm-hmm. but... Again, trying to be different, trying not to sound like every other game that's on the platform, and trying to push the uh, audio capabilities a bit. And after that is Under the Skin, uh, and this is another one of those songs that people did call out as being good from Turok 3, and since mm-hmm. I'm kind of... I listened to most of the soundtrack, and this soundtrack is big. Really? And I kept... I, I listened to half of it, and then I started bouncing around, and nothing leapt out at me immediately, like in Turok 2, where I'm just like, this rules, this song's great, I love all this stuff. Um, but people mentioned Under the Skin. Uh, so we'll listen to Diatonic Music Attack, Siege Mentality, and Under the Skin from Turok 3, composer Nelson Everhart.
So still going for the yeah. big the big Turok 2 mm-hmm. sound, but uh, the, the other composer, the new guy, Nelson Everhart, uh, I don't know, kind of ran with it, and yeah. that's all good stuff. It's just because I didn't play this game, I have no memories attached to it, mm-hmm. um, but it is very appropriate, and it's a fitting send-off for Turok in the N64 yeah. era. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that by 2000, man, this is pretty, like mm-hmm. fall 2000 or whenever, I'm not sure exactly when. Yeah, it was fall because it was compared kind of, you, there's no way around it, Perfect Dark came out in two thousand uh, February of two thousand, mm-hmm. and then this was September or something. So it's like, yeah, you're several months removed, but like, also the PlayStation Two is two yes. months away. Dude, and I'm yeah, remembering they're... buying a PC for Half Life and Counter Strike, yeah. and like, how yeah. do you compete in an FPS, a, a much more crowded FPS world? And yeah. Turok just didn't hang in there. Yeah, and it's like it's not a bad game, and it mm-hmm. like fared well. I think it scored well and stuff, <laughs> but like, it was it's just one of those things where like. Dude, even by even me, like I I was still an N sixty four owner at this mm-hmm. point, but like I just think it, it cooled a lot and taking that year off with Rage Wars is mm-hmm. like this this weird you kinda diluted the Turok name. Mm-hmm. Like you should have just taken that year off. Um yeah. I mean however many I don't probably separate development teams or something, but like if you could have pushed this earlier in the year, it would have had a little bit more. Yeah, maybe because yeah. like you said, but the PS2 yeah, is the holiday season, like the Dreamcast so. is out yeah. and the PS2 is weeks away. Yeah, and the N sixty four is like really trickling yeah. out and Majora's Mask is the game in fall of 2000 yeah. if you're buying and not to mention like not only is the PS2 launching mm-hmm. not only is the Dreamcast out and has its own fall lineup which yeah. is its own separate thing mm-hmm. of games Final Fantasy 9 is out yep Chrono Cross is out multiple mm-hmm. other things that are all like pretty big things and I know yeah. those are RPGs and not the same audience not necessarily going after Turok 3 but it's like there's a lot of high profile things all happening in the same time frame yeah. Yeah. on and none of it's on N64 unless it's Majora's Mask mm-hmm. and it's like to get people to make that leap is pretty tough but uh, Turok got a prequel in 2002 called Turok Evolution mm-hmm. didn't play it uh, and I thought it tanked and did pretty bad but I, when I looked it up it did okay yeah the farewell with reviewers. Yeah, like hmm. you know, like me, you know, hmm. six, sevens, eights, but yeah. like I, maybe there's some eights. I don't know, but like sure. I thought it was like I. My impression in my mind is that it was just terrible. Yeah, it's not the lowest. The, the next one's the lowest. Yeah, I remember like the, I think it was EGN. They had an award like yes, worst things of the year, and the 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 mascot was the Turok Evolution it's like villain. Yeah, yeah, Tobias, whatever Brucknell or something. I don't yeah. Know. yeah, I I didn't even know about that. And I saw it in the wiki where it was like, yeah, yeah. the EGN no, adopted. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, ugly polygon face. <laughs> along with the awards. probably a result of at least starting development somewhere for the N64 alone, trying to probably. take advantage of those visual capabilities. Because in 02, like the GameCube ported the PS2. Come on, yeah. Uh, and then it was rebooted in 2008, Disney Interactive. Hey, baby. And, uh, propaganda. Yeah, Propaganda, who worked on the Tron game mm-hmm. in 2010. But then uh, Disney Interactive there. decided they were done and closed yeah. closed Propaganda. And apparently the 08 one that I thought was also supposed to be awful. It's Yeah, it's not awful. It's just like by the numbers and there's nothing yeah. particularly special about it. Yeah, but apparently like it scored okay mm-hmm. and it sold fine. And there was a sequel in development, but mm-hmm. Disney Interactive was like, we're tapping out. We so, have too many bigger franchises for you to be working on. Uh, get that split yeah. second money, man. I don't. The timing doesn't seem to quite work out, but it, this, I also remember this being one of the first games that I demoed at GamePro. And that again, that's probably because you know, Aweber Magazine, so we're getting earlier coverage, and maybe this took a while to come out. Mm-hmm. But I just remember this being one of the first games that I demoed at GamePro, and I'm kind of thinking like, why? Uh, like the 2008 Turok? Yeah. Or? Like, is there still? Are people still? Hungering for a new Turok game. In it's weird because, like you said, it is one of those 
premises where you're like, yeah, I want to. Why shouldn't this work? Why wouldn't it? Like, but a, a, it, it's that weird drawback. I hate that. I'll lament it at the same time. There's no original IP out there. <laughs> but because dinosaurs belong to everybody, search dinosaurs on your iPhone. Hmm. There are 800,000 games that look like Turok <laughs> because they all can do it. Yeah. Anybody can do it unless you're really special. And that Turok game in particular is just a me too. Mm. All the cause down to like you were, did you go to the party? No, the Turok oh, party. No, so like they played up. I think because it's post Call of Duty Modern yeah. Warfare. Like he's just a gorilla camouflage. Yeah. Like it's just a military shooter. And the whole they t- they rented out this giant hangar and like brought down like the sniper suits and the uh, military grade trucks and everything. Yeah. So like, what if this is still Turok? Yeah, like it's it's just a it looks like Predator in a, in a jungle with dark dinosaurs. <laughs> um, but it's it it's not without it. It's totally without its charm. But it, it's it's. <laughs> Just a, a very unremarkable FPS, but a solid one. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't remember playing yeah, you into play multiplayer. You play as uh, Corporal Joseph Turok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's like different names. There's like Fire. There's like I think Joshua Fireseed is the Turok from the N64 games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the episode. It's just like this strange. It's been almost ten years since Turok left us. Yeah. 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 Uh, Twenty years debuted and ten years. Uh, so they had like a ten year run of mm-hmm. vague relevance, but like it seems to disappear and come back and. But is it extinct for good? It might Who be. Who knows? Well, but it is Night Dive of... is bringing it back, and apparently mm. people do dig the remasters mm. on Steam. Yeah. You can get them right now, try them out for yourself. I did try and dig in for follow-up information, and there's not a lot, which can't mean this is so much of a success. The studio, I just can't stop working on this. <laughs> uh, but I think I think it's not done. That's too. It's too cool a franchise. It still yeah. has a name. It has a cachet in its yeah. name. Yeah. Especially for 90s nostalgia. like People remember, like, oh, and... Our childhood nostalgia is more NES, Super NES, mm-hmm. but there are people who in sixty four GameCube, it's like that's their first blush brush yeah. with games, and like I could see being ten and like really being enamored with Turok. I mean, I was at sixteen, seventeen, so like, no, I, mean, I, I like dinosaurs more than I like Pierce Brosnan's James Bond. Sure, but I'll I'll choose Goldeneye any day True, of the week over yeah. Turok. And uh, and it's unfortunate that you know same deal with um, when after Turok three was done mm-hmm. in oh. 04- uh, 2004 Iguana slash Acclaim Austin uh-huh. was shut down and shuttered and it was one of those things apparently where they just show up and the doors are locked and they can't go in it's like and, oh good oh. but uh, that's the show I, I wanted to focus on the N64 era because I just assume if anybody has any nostalgia yeah. it's not for evolution and it's not for the 2008 one so yeah. Um, but you can go to vgempire.com, leave a comment on the episodes. I always read all the comments, and I always appreciate when people point out songs that they liked or which of the games they liked the most or if they never played. Like, I don't know. Just any kind of comment talking about game music perks me up. And you can also follow VG Empire on Twitter or uh, leave a review on iTunes. And uh, those four-star reviews, hell, five-star mm-hmm. review. I'll even take that. Um, but, Make sure to peep LaserTimePodcast.com for yeah. more crap like this. Yeah. Yes. And, and uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. Just five bucks a month gets you so much stuff. Bonus yeah. podcast, bonus time, uh, regular movie commentaries, cartoon commentaries, wrestling match commentaries. Yeah, we just gotta do another cartoon commentary. We just tend to we surprise. Month. Did we Turok sur- have a cartoon? Bah, I don't want to do that. There was a 2008 movie, like an animated movie, I was think. Was there really? Apparently. Oh, there was too much money swimming around publishers at that point. <laughs> Son of Stone. Man, really? Yeah, based that, which was the name of the comic like way back. Um, but we'll go out with, uh, because I can't help but love that Port of Ardia music, uh, the Youth Symphony performing at Maidenbauer, Maidenbauer Theater in Bellevue, Washington, 2011, posted like a 13-minute genuine orchestra playing uh, the Turok theme. And I actually posted it on VG Empire as a news story 
<laughs> back when I thought this would be a game music site <laughs> that I would talk about this stuff more regularly. And I, he didn't. But uh, I really love this, and I'll, I'll, I'll fade it. I'm not going to play all 13 minutes of it. But again, you can <laughs> you can uh, look it up. It's the Youth Symphony, Turok 2, Seeds of Evil. And again, this is the same song that brought us in, but with the orchestra baby. We'll see you next time.